This is HeartWise, offering practical tips and time-proven guidelines to make your life healthier, happier, and more fulfilling. Today you'll learn simple, Bible-based principles for building and maintaining optimum mental and physical health, all while deepening your relationship with your Creator. I'm your HeartWise host, Charles Mills. There's truth to the statement that none of us are getting out of this alive, unless something miraculous happens, and we all hope it does. Death waits at the end of every human journey. But that fact doesn't make the loss of someone we love any easier to bear. Or does it? Our guest today has written a book about grief, and as you'll soon discover, she knows of what she writes. Yvonne Ortega is an international speaker, author, a licensed professional counselor, and is a certified teacher for both English and Spanish. Her latest book is entitled Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief. Yvonne, welcome to HeartWise. Thank you for having me. What makes you, Yvonne, knowledgeable about the grieving process? Why should we pay attention to what you have to say, both in your book and here on the radio? I have learned from both sides of the fence. In my personal experience, back in 2009, I lost two aunts, my mother, and my only child within seven months. Oh, my. Oh, my. How did you get through that, Yvonne? I'm sure in the midst of that, you were not thinking about writing this book. You probably had other things on your mind, like why? Would that be a good question you were asking? That was my first one. God, where were you? Yes. Why did you let this happen? Yes. You know, especially with my son, he was my only child, and he had his whole life before him. When you were going through that, let me just go a little bit off script here. When you were going through that, what helped you as far as what people did for you? I mean, you were in the absolute depth of grief. You cannot go any lower in grief than you were then. What helped you at that time from your friends? What did they say and what did they do? I loved it when they came and they simply sat quietly with me. They allowed me to talk without judging me or trying to jam scripture down my throat, as I call it. And I love God's word, but at that moment, I was doubled over in pain. And I loved it when they simply patted my hand, patted me on the back, or they, they would call and they would say, we'd like to bring you something if you're not eating Your guests probably will, but we want to know what foods you dislike, what foods you're allergic to. We want it to be something that you just might enjoy. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying that the best thing that we can do to someone who is grieving when that wound is so fresh is to just allow it, to let it happen. Am I right? Yes, that's exactly right. Mm. Okay, now you can't live in that state forever. You cannot stay at that level of grief because it would destroy you as well as those around you if you stayed like that. How did you begin to move from broken, which you were, to the beautiful that you want to be? I dug into God's Word. Initially, as I told you, I was angry with Him, but... I realize I cannot be angry at the only person who's going to help me out of this. 
And so I asked God for comfort. I asked him for peace, and I kept looking at his word and saying, Now, Ephesians 2.14 said, Jesus is our peace. I need that peace. Psalm 29.11, the Lord blesses his people with peace. Bless me. Give me a double or triple dose of peace. You were holding the Lord's feet to the fire here on this thing. Absolutely. And I would tell him at times, now, God, this is what your word says. And I'm telling everybody I know, I'm leaning on this word. I said, now, God, you want to look good, don't you? (laughs) You were getting downright serious and very up close and personal with God during this time, wouldn't you say? Yes. And I even (laughs) said, you don't want to look bad, especially for my non-believing friends. <laughs> because all this time you had been talking about God and the comforter and all that stuff, and you didn't want him to fail you at this moment, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You got it. I like that. You, you, were getting, you were getting honest and serious with God here. You were not letting God off the hook on this thing. You were saying, look, I've been telling my friends about what you do. You better come through with this. And did he? Oh, in so many ways, he brought me what I call my comforting angels, the people who walked alongside of me, who prayed with me, who would call me and say, how can I pray for you today? What can I do for you? I'm on my way to the grocery store. What do you need? I'm on my way to the mall. Can I get you thank you notes? Do you need stamps? I'm on my way to the post office. All of those things. And what it showed me is that God does provide for our needs. What I learned from reading this, reading your experience here, is that God doesn't always work from the inside out. You know, there was no there was no peace that built in you from the inside, no matter what was going on outside. God was using the outside, the neighbor, the the phone call. God was using that outside to get inside of you. Would I be right in saying that? Yes, that is what happened. Okay. And as I looked around, I realized that people did want to help. Some needed to know how. Others automatically knew because of the losses they had suffered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When someone sat down with you and said, you know, I kind of know what you're going through, and you happen to know that that person had experienced loss, I would assume that those pieces of comfort that they provided had special meaning to you, right? Yes, they did, because... I knew they were speaking from experience. I knew they had been on that emotional roller coaster the way I was at that time. So, listener, what I'm hearing our guest today, Yvonne Ortega, say is if you have experienced loss and you have somehow come through it, you are in a unique position to provide comfort to someone who has broken. Would I be right in saying that, Yvonne? Amen. All right. Now, you talk about wound salters. Your book is called Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief, and you talk about wound salters. What did you mean by that? Those are the people who felt they needed to say something, but they didn't know what to say. Mm. But they went on anyway, and it didn't (laughs) stop them. Oh, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Yes, and that is a good Southern expression that I use. Bless their hearts. They meant well. (laughs) Yes. 
When you experienced that and you knew they meant well, it sounded like you needed to step up to the plate too and bring a little comfort to them. That would have been nice. Mm -hmm. However, I simply bit my lip Mm -hmm. and held in the feelings that I was having, and they were not sweet or Christian. For example, one lady came over, brought me a tray of fruit, a wife, a mother, a Christian, and said, we all suffer little losses. Oh, oh, okay. That would be thrown out of court. At that moment, I was fighting the flesh that said, throw that tray of fruit at her. (laughs) Oh, my, my. So even in your grief, God was giving you the power to overcome those things which were not helping, those wound salters you were talking about. Yes. Okay. All right. Yvonne, let's talk about the stages of grief. Did you go through them? Are they real? And did they happen in the order that most people think they're going to happen? They happened. They are so real. I wish they weren't, but they are. And I will not lie to you or to the listeners. However, they don't necessarily go in a nice, tidy little order, (laughs) nor do you go through a stage once and then you're done with it. You can go back and forth. It's things like Christmas, Mother's Day, my son's birthday are all triggers. And I have to prepare well because I know that I can go back there. When you are grieving, I'm sure that, you know, and again, I've, I've lost my mother and my father and uncles and aunts and cousins and whatnot, so I'm, I'm sort of in this, this boat with you. What do you do, Yvonne Ortega, when you remember something that you said or something that you did to that person that was not kind, that was not Christian, and that person is now gone and you cannot fix it? How do you deal with that? I have to remember that we have an enemy, the accuser, Mm. who stands before God day and night to accuse us of wrongdoing. Yes, yes. God's Word says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And God's Word also says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and to cleanse us from our sins. So that guilt that we're feeling during those times is not necessarily from God? Is that what I hear you saying? Not from God. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Yvonne Ortega. She is the author of Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, more suggestions from a, from a woman who knows what's going on when it comes to grieving is concerned. You've heard her story. And a listener, if you are grieving too, she has things to share with you that I think will help you through the process. I know it helps me as I read the book. So everybody stay right where you are. I'm Dr. James Markham with your Biblical Prescription for Life. A patient recently asked me, My dad had an unexpected heart attack at age 42 and died suddenly. What can I do to lower the risk? Well, the biblical prescription for life is found in Matthew 11, 28. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, worship me if you're under stress, and I will give you rest, a gift of rest to cut down the stressors that might precipitate a heart attack. Well, these are biblical prescriptions for life. Scientists have shown that when we lower stress levels, we're gonna lower the risk of having a heart attack. And we can do that when we worship and we accept this gift of rest. That is your biblical prescription for life. Worship and rest, lower your risk of heart attack. To learn more, go to our website, heartwiseministries.org. Heartwise with Charles Mills is brought to you by supporters of Heartwise Ministries. We are so grateful to be able to follow Christ's example of caring for others' physical needs and then encouraging them to experience a restorative relationship with our Heavenly Father. God intended for life on earth to be immeasurably better than the world we live in today, and He wants to restore His vision for this world one heart at a time. Consider becoming a HeartWise partner and help others catch the vision of what Christ wants to do in their hearts today by visiting us online at heartwiseministries.org. Back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Today, our guest is Yvonne Ortega. She is the author of the book, Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief. She has written several other Moving from Broken to Beautiful books. I recommend them all. Where can we learn a little bit more about you, Yvonne Ortega, and your books? Where can we go on the web? You can go, first of all, to my website, mm-hmm. YvonneOrtega.com. Okay. And on there, on the writing page, all my books are listed. The last three have the endorsements for them, also on my website. And, of course, online. I know that many people do shop online nowadays. Sure. But they can also order the books in their bookstore. All right, very good. Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief, Yvonne Ortega, O-R-T-E-G-A. Yvonne, let's talk about something that you brought up in the book that I would think, and it was for me anyway, kind of hard to accept, and that you you call it the new normal. The new normal is life without these people in it. That's the new normal. I don't want the new normal. I want it the way it was. How do we overcome resistance to the new normal and finally embrace the new normal so it's actually good for us? How do we do that? You know, Charles, I did that same thing when that concept was presented to me through Grief Share. I I looked at them and I said, but I don't want the new normal. I want my mom back. I want my son back. And with time, I realized, okay, this world is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. And then I thought, what would my mother and my child and my aunts, what would they want for me? Mm. And I realized they would want me to move forward. They would want me to be and do all God called me to be and do. The new normal then is encouraged by the fact and by the knowledge that our loved ones would want us to live this life, to be victorious in this life, to move beyond the grief. Wow, I mean, that sounds like, as far as I'm concerned, my mother and my father would want me to be the best I can be 
in spite of the fact that they're no longer around here to love me and take care of me. Am I right? Yes. That blessed hope that we have of seeing our parents, our sisters and brothers and uncles and aunts again is really a motivator for us to live in this life and do the best we can and to to fall in God's arms and let him carry us to that eternal life. In chapter 8, you have three practical suggestions for people as they fight against that new normal we were talking about. What were those suggestions? I tell people to journal. Be honest with God about your feelings. He knows anyway. I also recommend a support group. Hmm. Grief Share is a wonderful Christian support group, biblically sound. There are videos that come with it a journal, and there's also a devotional for the entire year. Mm -hmm. And I also recommend that we move forward in memory of our loved ones. Hmm. How do we do that? Each time I go to do something, I think, Mom and my son both knew my dream was to be a full-time speaker and author. Mm -hmm. So when I write a book or I give a presentation, I tell God, I want to do my best for you, and I also want to do this in memory of my mother and my child. It's almost a way that you're honoring them, even though they're not here. Exactly. Okay. All right. Right. All right. We know now the three things we should be doing, the journaling, the finding a support group, and moving forward in memory. What should we not do? What are the unhealthy methods that people use to deal with their grief these days? And I'm assuming these are people who may not have the faith that we share. And sometimes they do, and they still look for an alternative method Uh that they think might be easier. And I call this a tsunami of Uh self-medication. And there is one called anger. And sometimes men have that more than women, not always, but anger about everything that happens. And it's what I call misplaced anger. Mm -hmm. Somebody they don't even know says something or does something that has nothing to do with them, and they lash out. Another one is food for women. Some will stop eating, or they will overeat. Yes. Yes. In other words, they're looking for comfort in food. We've heard of comfort foods, but it's a very real thing you're saying. It is. Mm -hmm. And for some, they end up becoming anorexic or bulimic or overeaters and obese. Now, you deal with this in your book, uh, Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief. You answer the question, does grieving ever stop? Let me ask you the question for my radio audience today. Does grieving ever stop? No. And the reason for that is because you have suffered a real loss. The difference is the intensity of it. It does abate Hmm. with time and specific work and faith in God, who is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. You are very connected in the book and in this program right now to God and to what God says and what the eternal life that God promises. What do you say to those who don't have this faith, who have lost someone and they don't have God, they don't have the blessed hope that we have? How do you comfort them? 
I still tell them they need a support group and they need to journal and move forward in memory of their loved one. And I also tell them, and I find that sometimes they are more open to the Lord during that time of grieving. Mm. And I say, if it is all right with you, I would like to tell you about the Lord God who helped me. Mm. This is my story. And I go ahead, and I tell them. You don't preach a sermon to them. You don't, you don't grab a Bible and show them proof text. You say, this is my story. Why is it important that you talk about your story to them? Because I'm a real person that they can see and talk to, and they will listen to what I've been through because I understand their pain. Okay. All right. Once again, that underlines the idea that if you have experienced loss in your life, listener, you are in a unique position. You have special gifts that are invaluable to someone who is grieving, whether that person is a Christian or not. Am I on the right track here? Yes, and I think that's the beauty of the things that we go through, that God can use them for good if we let him. You encourage people to make new plans, and I have discovered in my life, and a lot of people I've talked to, that the new plans last thing you want to make. If, if you make a new plan, that means that the old plans aren't working and the people are actually gone from your life. How do you encourage people to make new plans, and why is that important? I tell them, sit down with your Bible, a journal, and allow time to talk with God. And sometimes you might even have what many people refer to as a bucket list. Hmm. What are some new and different things that you've never done that you would love to do? Okay, I'm beginning to understand why, because we tend to think in the midst of our grief that we will never be happy again. We will never accomplish anything again. We will never find satisfaction again. Yet if we follow this bucket list and do something we've never done before, we go, whoa, hey, I'm happy. I did something really cool, and I'm feeling good about myself. Is that the reason behind this? Yes, it is. And I think back of how my son always called me B.C., before Christ, Uh (laughs) because I was not really into electronics. (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and so before his celebration of life and the viewing, I bought a cell phone. <laughs> okay. I learned how to use it. My. And not a whole lot. I mean, by the time I got to the church, I knew how to send and receive email and how to send a picture. Yes. Okay. And I was just bursting with joy that I could do these things. My, my, my. Yvonne Ortega has been our guest today. Her book, Moving from Broken to Beautiful Through Grief. And again, her website is YvonneOrtega.com. You can also uh, Google Moving from Broken to Beautiful. There'll be several books in that series. And I recommend that you do that, listener, right away. Yvonne, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your words of wisdom and hard-earned guidance. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Yvonne Ortega inviting you to remain heartwise. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on HeartWise. 
If you'd like more information on how to build and maintain optimum physical, mental, and spiritual health, log on to heartwiseministries.org. HeartWise is a listener-supported program, and your partnership with us would be greatly appreciated. Once again, our web address is heartwiseministries.org. Ministries.org.